0: Welcome to Tech Mobility Topics. I'm Ken Chester and let's get started. On the docket, the ports of Long Beach and Los Angeles are back on the upswing. Question, should we consider a ban on natural gas? And then finally, the benefits of autonomous trucking. To join the conversation, be it to ask a question, share an opinion, or suggest a topic for future consideration, you can call or text the Tech Mobility Driveline. That number, 872-222-9793, or you can email the show, talk at techmobility.show, and that is talk at techmobility.show. One more thing. I have a YouTube channel where I post short video clips about topics we've discussed here on the show, and we need your help. We're trying to reach a goal of a 1,000 new subscribers by the end of the year. Now, it doesn't cost you anything, it's not going to obligate you in any way, and certainly it's not going to put you on a nailing list. We're not going to be nagging you or anything crazy like that. But what it will do is help us offer you even more content in the future. So if you haven't already please do consider dropping by and subscribing to our channel. Thank you so very much. And 1PS, while we're talking about listeners, and I love y'all, and I'm grateful for those of you that are regular listeners and tune in every week to reach out to us, and I want to give a shout-out to Judy in, in Swim, Washington. She listens on KONPFM 101.3, and her and I have exchanged some emails, and I think I want to address Judy's question publicly. I answered her via email, but she brought up a point. She owns an older car, and she loves her car. It's only got 65,000 miles on it. And she asked me, do you see a future where they will bring back some vehicles without all these whiz-bang gizmos and all these buttons and dials and complicated stuff? She has asked, and there's some validity to this that cars have gotten awfully complicated. And Judy, you're right, they have. But let me take you down the garden path and maybe uh, give you some alternatives to consider. Now, she knows she loves a car right now. She's not looking to trade right now. But she realizes probably in the next five or 10 years, she's going to have to trade her car. And she's trying to figure out what do I do? I don't want all of this craziness. Well, First of all, if you own a vehicle prior to 2011, or let me rephrase that, if you own a vehicle newer than 2011, the certain standard safety features that the government had mandated means you're going to have anti-lock brakes, dual air bags, traction control, stability control, and they mandated that. That's something you're going to totally, completely have. The good news I can tell you is not every vehicle that's new out there has all of this overwhelming technology. It'll take some looking, but typically uh, the mid-range vehicles have some technology and some that you could still turn on or off, as well as, you know, it's not, you don't need a graduate degree to try to figure out. Now, some of the new vehicles I've driven, I've literally had to go back to the owner's manual to figure out how to use some stuff, you know, and it's a far cry from when I started 30 years ago when all I had to do when I got a car to review was get in, adjust the mirrors... And start the car, adjust the radio. That was it. Today it's a lot more complicated. But Judy, I can tell you it doesn't have to be that way. Uh you'll you'll probably end up buying a few year old car as opposed to, and I'm saying really, if you're really serious, you're probably looking at vehicles built before twenty twenty model year because with each successive generation, 2006 was a major milestone, 2011 was another major milestone, 2016 was still another major milestone and where major as safety equipment or major technology came into the vehicle. What you're seeing now is more technology is coming in quicker. So from 2016 to 2020, Uh, You gain things such as uh, automatic emergency braking, which is nothing you have to set. It just works. Uh, Reverse emergency braking, things built into the car. Good news, Judy, things are safer. Bad news is there's a lot more coming at you. But just because it is doesn't mean you necessarily have to deal with it. And in some cases, and I really believe this will happen, in the next 10 to 15 years, the automakers will actually go the other way. I believe through either touch or speaking to the vehicle, you'll be able to set up all your stuff without having to even worry about all these gadgets. Case in point, the 2024 Mazda CX-90, where you can basically go in and set the vehicle up to recognize your face. That's all you got to do. And all the settings attributable to you, once you've set them, even if you have a variety of people using the vehicle, it will always reset the way you want it, and you don't have to worry about all this stuff. And I'm talking about the seat, the radio, uh, the HVAC, everything. It's one of the benefits of our computerized vehicles is that we're getting quickly to a point where we're going to get over all the adjustments, and we'll get back to being user friendly. That it will get so sophisticated that it actually becomes easier to use. That I think you're going to see probably in the middle part to late part of the decade where that will be more of a thing. So, Judy, thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. And uh, I hope that answered your question and maybe some of you all others that are saying, you know, I'll never own a new car because all of this whiz-bang stuff, I don't need it, I don't want it, I don't want to be bothered with it. And I don't blame you, not at all. From the Tech Mobility News Desk, we're going to talk about EV pickup trucks. And I'm looking at this survey that they did. And I'm going to see who did it. And I got an issue because they they looked. This is a Cox Automotive survey. And what they were looking at was EV pickup truck loyalty. Now, they argue that if you own a Ford, if you own a Ram, if you own a Chevy, if you own a Toyota, if you own a full-size pickup truck and you've always owned that brand, you will always own that brand and, and an EV truck will not necessarily change you. Which is great news if you're Ford, Ram, or Chevrolet. Not so much news if you are Tesla or Rivian. And that's their point. Here's my problem, though. They were asking about trucks, and they said in their survey that Ford dominates EV pickup space despite new rivals, which is fine. But they also threw in a couple of rivals that don't have a vehicle in the market yet. So how do I know that people will either stay with that because of the brand or consider something else because maybe it doesn't come up the way they want it to, price, luxury, whatever, for an EV. Case in point, Chevy Silverado EV is not yet on the ground. And as a matter of fact, GM just recently announced they're going to delay bringing it to market by a year. So it's going to probably show up about the same time the Ram EV shows up, pickup, which they also asked about that. I've seen a prototype, didn't get a chance to drive it. Looks pretty gnarly, but is it fair to ask a Chevy owner or a Ram owner, will I buy this truck or somebody else who maybe even a Ford owner? They haven't seen any other trucks yet. So is it a guarantee that hands down they would immediately stay with the Ford? I think that's where this survey that they did was flawed, but I'm going to read you what they quoted. Our studies continue to show the importance of brand strength and that is particularly true in the full-size pickup truck segment where brand loyalty often runs deep and fierce. This fact makes it particularly challenging for brands like Tesla and Rivian, both newcomers to the pickup truck segment. Excuse me. Ford can't, I'm sorry. Right now, Tesla had hundreds of thousands of orders for this Cybertruck. Rivian's got orders they struggling to fill. I'm not so sure that that's a true statement. I would have liked to have seen this maybe three years from now, four years from now, where the Silverado EV, the Ram EV had been in the market for two, three years. Then I want to see what the market looks like, because what you're also seeing is an aging out of the marketplace of the hardcore traditional brand owners. And what you find is younger folks don't necessarily have that same brand loyalty. They don't. Why? Because we're looking more at the functionality, the price, the attractiveness. There's a lot more things going on than just the brand. The brand may be a lead-in for consideration, but is the brand loyalty enough to keep me if there's something I perceive better in the marketplace? I don't know. They say that Ford you know, just blows them away. But remember, the Ford Lightning's been in the marketplace now two years, going on three years. Ram's not out there. Silverado's not out there, not in an EV, not yet. GMC's not out there, not in an EV, not yet. And I don't count the Hummers in GMC, although it's branded that way. But I don't count it that way. I would like to see a study of apples to apples of, re- of sheet metal on the ground. So while they say this, and okay, I can understand it, I don't necessarily agree with it. But, you know, what do you think? You Would you consider a different brand? If it had a better price, looked better, had better capability, or you died in the wool, whatever you're driving. You are listening to the Tech Mobility Show.